What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Riding the Pine. Jack Ridenauer with you today, and we have a special show in store for everyone at home, doing something a little bit different since it's Christmas today. Happy holidays, by the way, to everyone at home. But before I get into the show today, I want to look back at the last show, and it was a great one. I jumped right into some NBA talk mentioning some of the players and teams from the NBA preseason that I have been most impressed with. After that, I got into a little prediction and preview of the NBA opening night games before getting into a wonderful interview for the episode. I was joined by a current men's basketball player for the Coppin State men's basketball team, Anthony Tark. Anthony and I discussed his career in college, how it's been playing during this pandemic-filled season, and much more. So be sure to check out that episode and all 74 episodes that are out now on Apple and Spotify, and keep checking out all that other content that's on YouTube as well. Now today, I want to do something special for all of you listeners and fans that are at home. I don't have a special guest today, and this is technically not an episode because I wanted to just highlight this new segment I'm doing on the show called Fan Question Friday, and with it being Friday, I want to answer some questions. So I will just answer a couple of questions that were written in and I'll touch on them, but that'll be it for the show today. So I figured, you know, with it being a holiday and everybody with their family, I said, why not just push the episode back to next Tuesday and just dive right on into some fan questions, which is exactly what I will do today. So with that, folks, let's make our way into our show for today. So as always, be sure to find your favorite seat here on the bench with me. Sit back, relax and enjoy the show. And welcome back, everyone, to Ride in the Pine. First off, Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays, however you celebrate this wonderful time of year with family and friends. I'm actually currently at home with my family, and it's been really nice to see them. And and once this vaccine comes out, I will definitely see them much, much more. It's just been such a weird year. I think we can all agree with that, and I think we can all agree that we just want 2020 to be over and just get into 2021. But nonetheless, good to see the folks and the brother for sure. And like I mentioned in the intro, today we don't have any special guests. It's a big holiday, so my next episode will come out as usual on Tuesday, December 29th, but I didn't want to leave you all hanging, so I figured why not and do the new segment for the show called Fan Question Friday. So I want to get into a couple questions that were sent in. There were some really great submissions into the show. So here they are. The first one is from Rick DeGrano. He actually had a couple questions that he wrote in, and I had to pick two of them. There was that many that were that good, so I picked two of them, and he's from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So Rick, thank you very much for writing into the show. His first question is, Looks like the front runner for the NFL MVP is Patrick Mahomes. In my opinion, being Rick DeGranos, Aaron Rodgers or Derrick Henry should. You take either off their teams and both of the teams would be bad. What is your opinion? Rick, that's a great question. I'm glad that you asked that because I agree with you. I honestly think that Derrick Henry should win the MVP. He would be my MVP for this year. And here's why. I think that he's got a very unique case about him because his impact is equivalent to that of a lot of these other quarterbacks on their respective teams. So Patrick Mahomes on the Chiefs, Aaron Rodgers on the Packers, their impact is just as great as Derrick Henry's is on the Titans. And it's unique because Derrick Henry is a running back, something that you don't usually see. And I definitely agree with you, Rick. I think that if you take Derrick Henry off that team, sure, they've got Ryan Tannehill. Sure, they've got A.J. Brown. They've got some weapons. But Derrick Henry is the heartbeat of that team. And without him, they're really nothing. They're not that. I don't think that they are this good of a team. I don't think that they were an AFC championship level team from a year ago. I think that this would be a totally different ball team if there was no Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is 
the engine that makes the entire team go. And I think that for, for that main reason, he should win it. And not to mention if Derrick Henry eclipsed the 2000 yard mark, he's got to win it. I mean, it's only been done a handful of times in NFL history. And if you're not going to give the guy the due credit that he deserves for reaching 2000 rushing yards in a season, which he's well on his way to surpassing in all honesty, he might get more than 2000 yards because he's had 120 yards each of the last three games or whatever it's been. I mean, he's been on an absolute tear. So I agree with you, Rick. I think that Derrick Henry should be the MVP. I know that Patrick Mahomes is the front runner. I think that it's just going to boil down to who is going to finish better, which team is going to finish better, which team might go further. But like you said, Rick, you take Derrick Henry off that team and they are a completely different Tennessee Titans team. So I really, really like that question. And now getting into your second question, Rick, the national media has the Lakers winning the championship before the season started. Is there another team that has a chance? And it's another great question. I think that we can all agree if we've been paying attention and following in the news, the Lakers are a clear cut favorite. I know I think Vegas might have the Milwaukee Bucks right now as the favorite, uh, maybe the Brooklyn Nets, but the Lakers are way up there in terms of the odds to win the NBA championship this year. And I'm going to go with a yes and a no. I think that they, you know, there is a chance that there's another team out there that could win it. But then I'm going to say no, that there isn't a chance for a couple different reasons. Yes. If certain teams do mesh well together, and I'm talking about the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, this is the first year that we're going to see Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving playing together, but not to mention they've got other options to go to. They've got Karis LeVert, who averaged 25 points per game during the restart from this past summer. You got Joe Harris, who's going to throw in at least 15, 16 points per game. And then Spencer Dinwiddie, I think, is kind of the biggest key in all of this, obviously, besides Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. But Spencer Dinwiddie is kind of that X factor that, it's another 17 to 20 points per game that you could get out of him. So I definitely think the Nets have a legitimate shot if people stay healthy and if it meshes well together. Kyrie Irving is going to be kind of the main, I think, ingredient in this because if if he does not get along with Kevin Durant and if there's any sort of rift between the two of them, it's going to come crashing down. It's going to fall apart and it's not going to work well. So I think that the Nets do have a chance. I definitely think that it's going to you know, depend on whether or not they can mesh well and they can form good chemistry. Same thing with Milwaukee. I think that there's a lot of peace of mind now that that Giannis wants to stay for a little bit longer. Having Drew Holiday there, Chris Middleton is still there. I just wonder if the reserves and kind of the other pieces of the puzzle are going to step up. I mean, that was kind of a big thing this past summer during the restart. The bench players did not really impact the game at all. And that was a big, big miscue by the Milwaukee Bucks. But on the other end, I don't think that anybody can beat the Lakers right now. I mean, they went out, they extend LeBron James's contract for another two years. They do the same thing with Anthony Davis. And then they go out and get Montrez Harrell from their crosstown rival, the team that they share the same arena with. And then they also go and get Dennis Schroeder. So they pretty much upgrade from the power forward center position that they had last year with JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard to now getting Montrez Harrell, somebody who is a lot younger. He's got a lot of energy in him and not to mention he's coming off a career season. And then you do the same thing at the point guard position. You go out, you upgrade from Rajon Rondo, who in his own right, he's still very good, but he is a little bit past his prime. I think we can all agree on that. And you go out and get Dennis Schroeder, who had an incredible season last year. I mean, averaged 19, 18 points per game, somewhere around there, had a very, very good season. So I definitely think it's going to be hard you know, for teams to try and beat this Lakers team. It's going to definitely be very, very challenging. But I will say, 
what's going to be the main piece of all this, and I think we all know where I'm going with this, whether or not LeBron James stays healthy. And I, we can all agree that if he's healthy, this is a very hard team to beat. I mean, if it even is a beatable team. But if he's not, and if he's hobbled or in any sort of way, or if age starts to set in, whatever it might be, I think that's going to be the slow kind of downward trend of the Lakers. I know that he's there for another two years, and I know Davis is there for another five years. But at the same time, when LeBron James was injured that one year in L.A., that was the year that they did not go to the playoffs. So as a result, he's definitely that focal point of the team that makes the entire kind of engine move. You know, again, he going back to kind of Derrick Henry, you know, LeBron James is the main motor to this entire machine. And if he's not operating the way he should be, that's when things start to kind of, you know, crumble. And again, things start to not really work in their favor. So I'm going to go with a yes and a no. I think that, yes, there are teams that could beat them, but I'm going to also say that there are, there's a very, very small chance that there's going to be many teams to beat them. But it's really going to depend on how LeBron James does. If, if he's healthy, then it's going to be really hard to beat them. But if he's not, they can definitely, definitely Take advantage of that. So great questions, Rick. I really appreciate you writing both of those in. Now, getting into the next person who wrote some questions in, Andrew Guancy up in Boston, Massachusetts. Andrew, thank you very much for writing in. And your question is, do you think Peyton Pritchard will make a big impact this year? I'm going to take it, Andrew, that you're a big Boston Celtics fan. And I really liked that you asked that question because I was very intrigued by that move. I mean, Danny Ainge, I think, is a great GM in in basketball. I think he does a phenomenal job. It's been proven that... He does smart moves. He he makes wise draft decisions. And I really like Peyton Pritchard. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how he kind of unfolds with the Celtics. But to answer your question, Andrew, yes, I do think that it's going to be he's going to have a big impact. But I don't know if it's going to be this year. I, I'm going to I'm going to hold off on saying this year. But a big impact, yes, I definitely could see him having a big impact. And the reason why I don't say necessarily this season is really dependent upon Kemba Walker. I mean, if Kemba Walker comes back and he's full health, ready to roll, you're definitely going to see Peyton Pritchard's role decrease and, and minimize a little bit. I, I'd, I'd, I would still go out on a limb and say that he will still be a factor on the Celtics, but he would not have that big of an impact. Now, here's the other part of it, though. If Kemba Walker comes back and there's any sort of lingering knee problems or there's any sort of just overall health problems, then yes, I think that Peyton Pritchard can step up into kind of that new role as a main facilitator or one of the main facilitators, because I mean, in all honesty, it's just another solid, smart, cerebral point guard, very similar to Marcus Smart and Kemba Walker. It's just a third one of those kind of heads up point guards that's going to be able to facilitate Tatum over and over and over again. And that's how their offense should be ran right through Tatum's hands. So I really do like Pritchard in Boston because Regardless of what happens with Kemba Walker, Peyton Pritchard will be there for probably, I would say, a little while. I'm not going to go out and say he's going to be there for the rest of his career or anything like that. But whatever happens with Kemba Walker and when he moves on from the Boston Celtics, Peyton Pritchard is going to be able to step up into that role knowing that he's been going up against a very, one of the top point guards in the NBA for however many years that's been. And not to mention all the knowledge he's going to be able to retain from Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart. So, and not to mention... Pritchard's a four-year college player. I mean, he's a guy that sticks around. He's a system guy. And I think that he's someone that, 
even though he he might, and at times at Oregon, I think in the beginning, he was a little bit of a system guy, but as he started to mature, he really became kind of a, his own player, and he really started to formulate his own skill set and his abilities on the court, and I think that he can score the ball, he can definitely shoot the ball, he can handle the ball, he's, he's a heads-up basketball player. I think overall, you know, I could see him being a 10, 12-year vet at least, and that he just constantly does the right thing. So I definitely think he'll have an impact in one way or another on this Boston Celtics team. But Andrew, I don't know if it's necessarily this year. But again, don't get too down because I think that your team has got a great player in the making, somebody that, again, can really be molded into a very good point guard if he follows what Kemba and Marcus Smart have been doing. And if that's the case, you guys are going to be set for the next couple of years. So, Andrew, I really appreciate you writing that question in. And then the last person to write in some questions, Justin Baker from Erie, Pennsylvania. He actually, again, kind of pulled a Rick DeGrano and wrote in two questions, but I was really glad he wrote both of them in because they were phenomenal questions. So, Justin, answering your first question, and that is, in your opinion, what NBA team made the best short-term and long-term moves for their franchises? So, in terms of short-term, I'm going to go with the Lakers and the Rockets. The Rockets, because I think that this is a kind of a last-ditch effort to convince Harden to stay, getting John Wall and, and DeMarcus Cousins together, two players that have had a lot of chemistry together, have played together for, you know, in the past at least, and not to mention, John Wall is not the point guard that Russell Westbrook is, right? Russell Westbrook is more concerned about getting his shots, and I think that he's aware that, yes, a lot of the times, if he's getting his shots and he's playing well, there's a, lot, there's a higher chance that his team is going to do well. At the other end of it, I would say that he kind of does a little bit of harm when he tries to take matters into his own hands. That's Russell Westbrook, at least, because he sometimes plays a little bit too fast. He plays a little bit too ahead of himself, and then he winds up turning the ball over, poor shot selection, poor shot decisions. A lot of different kind of things start to snowball for him if he's not thinking before he's acting. John Wall, on the other hand, I would say he's a little bit more of a tradi- not a traditional point guard, but he's a much more traditional point guard, I would say, than Russell Westbrook is. Russell Westbrook is a two guard, in my opinion. When people say that he's a point guard, I, I try not to get too offended or try not to get too up in arms because he's really not a point guard. John Wall is more so of a point guard. So getting somebody like John Wall who will feed James Harden the ball over and over again was a wise decision. Not to mention, they go out and get DeMarcus Cousins, definitely need some, some down low presence. And if he can stay healthy... He might be a big key in all of this for sure. I mean, he's proved it before that he's capable of being a 25 and 10 guy in the NBA. He's been an all-star before. I mean, at, at the best that he's been at, he's been one of the top power forwards in the NBA in previous years. So if he can get back to that form, I would definitely say the Rockets. I mean, they made some good moves for the short term, but again, it's the short term. This is their last opportunity. And then if nothing happens and if things kind of fall through, James Harden's gone, and it's going to be a rebuilding phase for however long for the for the Houston Rockets, in my opinion. But then over to the Lakers, I think that they made, again, going back to the previous question by Rick DeGrano, they made huge upgrades. They made ginormous upgrades, going and getting Dennis Schroeder, going and getting Montrez Harrell, you know, extending LeBron James's contract for another two years. They're definitely making those small, minute moves that could add up to a repeat championship this upcoming year. So, Justin, to answer that first part of the question, I would definitely say the Lakers and the Rockets. Now, long-term, who I think really have set themselves up well, the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Atlanta Hawks. Now, the Thunder, because, I mean, they have just so many draft picks. It's kind of insane how many draft picks this team has. I mean, I'm not looking at it right now, but 
I, from the last time I saw, I think it was upwards of 10 first and second round draft picks, a combination, or I think it was 10 first round draft picks, something just very abnormal that you do not hear very much about. So I think that they're definitely, you know, really making those long-term moves. But what I'm very curious about, and it's kind of a unique situation that the Thunder are in, would they ever use these draft picks potentially to maybe try and trade up and get either a really good player that's kind of a seasoned vet or somebody that is kind of an up and coming player down the road, you know? What if the Thunder went ahead and said, hey, to the Golden State Warriors, we want Andrew Wiggins. We are going to give you two of our first round draft picks for Andrew Wiggins and maybe something else. Then you all of a sudden still have a ton of draft picks. And now you bring in Andrew Wiggins, who is a established, very good scoring perimeter threat in the NBA. So I could see the Thunder playing around with some of these draft picks. They could use them as bargaining chips to trade. And again, they still have a lot of first round draft choices that they could really pick from in the future. Now for the Hawks, what I really liked about what they did is again, they went out, got some veteran guard play to really try and kind of take that pressure off of Trey Young, if you will, because I mean, he's coming off a year where he averaged 29, 30 points per game. He was an all-star and I think that all the attention is going to really be on Trey Young and having Rajon Rondo there, it alleviates that a little bit. It, it takes a little bit of the pressure off of his shoulders, just a tad, just enough that Trey Young can then not worry about all the time, at least handling the ball and then also trying to score the ball. At times, it can be Rajon Rondo and Trey Young and Trey Young can play off the ball and he can just strictly focus on scoring. Now, then they also go out and get Danilo Gallinari, who I thought was a very wise selection for them, uh, a veteran scoring threat along the perimeter, Bogdan Bogdanovich. I thought that was a very wise move, four years. And I mean, I think he's definitely capable of being a 20 points per game guy. I mean, he's coming off a year where he had 15 points per game, but each and every single season that he's been in the NBA, his points per game average has gone up just a little bit each and every year. So I think that he's on kind of the cusp of a really big, blowout year and just a really, really big kind of impact season, if you will. But I definitely think that also that some of the draft moves they made, I love the pick of Onyeka Okongwu. I thought he was a great move to pair with Clint Capella. So I really like what the Hawks are doing. If it doesn't pay off for them this year, it's definitely going to pay off for the next couple of years because not to mention they've got John Collins. And if anybody has been paying attention, I'm a really big John Collins fan. I, I don't know why. I think it's because he's somebody that, I mean, he came from Wake Forest not really a name that jumps out at you, but the guy put up 20 and 10 last year. He's a capable scoring big from, you know, down low. He's athletic. And not to mention, that's just another option. That's a third option to run a pick and roll offense with. On Yeka, you've got John Collins and you've got Clint Capella. All three of those guys are going to want to run the pick and roll. I know Clint Capella does because that's what he did the entire time he was in Houston and he really benefited from that. So I definitely think that the Hawks and the Thunder are making very smart moves for their future. And in all honesty, we could see those two teams being some of the better teams in their respective divisions. So great first question, Justin. But I want to get into your second question, which is which NBA franchise is about to see previous year moves finally paying off for it. So another great, great question. I'm going to have to 100% go with the New Orleans Pelicans. I think we can all agree with that. They've slowly made the right moves. You know, they first went out, traded a little bit, went and got Lonzo Ball, got Josh Hart. All of a sudden, they draft very well. They get Zion Williamson. They've got Jackson Hayes. Now they've got, and again, they also went out and got Brandon Ingram, and he's coming off a career season, an all-star season. So they did a lot of really wise moves over the last few years, and I think this is the season that we're going to see them really kind of pay off with those moves. 
Obviously, losing Drew Holiday probably does not add well to it. And they unfortunately get Eric Bledsoe, who is my least favorite basketball player in the world. I don't know why. I think it's just because being a Milwaukee Bucks fan for as long as I can remember and watching Eric Bledsoe play the point guard position the last couple years for the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, I think if I was a little older, it would definitely take a couple years off my life. I mean, it's been that stressful. It just his decision making, what he does in the fast break, what he does in the open court, it just boggles my mind. It really does how he was able to crack the starting lineup of an NBA team. I, I really does. He's a great defender, but on the offensive end, it's just, it's like what's going through his head. Like what in the world is, you know, but they also got George Hill, who I'm a huge fan of. I think he's one of the best backup point guards in the NBA coming off a year where he was one of the best three point shooters percentage wise in the NBA. So to answer your question, Justin, I'm going to hundred percent say the Pelicans because I really like what they're doing. And I definitely think that, in the next couple of years, we could see the Pelicans slowly kind of move up the ranks and kind of pull what the Nuggets have done the last few years. I mean, they slowly had a gradual ascension through the Western Conference, and all of a sudden now they're legitimately a top three, top four team. So I don't know if I'm going to go ahead and say that the Pelicans are a five, four seed this year. I'm going to say maybe, you know, maybe a maybe a five seed, more so of like a six or seven seed in the in the West. But I definitely think they'll make the playoffs. But to answer your question, Justin, 100 percent, the Pelicans. But actually, now that I think about it, going back to your first question about, you know, what teams made some wise short term moves, I'm going to have to also throw in the Phoenix Suns. And I'm going to only spend a minute on this because I think the move that they made is not really a, a long, long-term move because I think that it's more so of a shorter-term, hey, let's try and get these guys to the playoffs and see what happens, develop Booker, develop Aiton, and get some pieces you know, that are going to help facilitate those guys, like a Chris Paul, but I don't know if it's going to pay off in the terms of going to the championship and, and making an actual run. I don't think that's going to happen, but I definitely think that the Suns made some good short-term moves, but all in all, Great questions, everybody. I mean, some really, really awesome questions. Thank you for sending them in. Hey, everybody, keep sending in those questions, folks. Again, as of today, until the next episode that comes out, which is this upcoming Tuesday, you have the chance to DM or email Riding the Pine any questions or comments you might have in the sports world. I'll definitely check them out and pick you know which questions I find to be the most interesting. But as always, I appreciate everyone joining me today for another RTP special, if you will, a little Christmas special for everyone at home. Hope everyone enjoys voice their holiday with their family and friends and from my family and friends and myself we wish you all a merry christmas good health going in the new year and a great finish to an otherwise just odd and peculiar year in 2020 so folks that'll do it for us today as always appreciate you all joining me here on the bench for another great episode and until next time keep on sitting the bench with me